Hi, welcome back to My Mask Matters. I'm here with Troy Berglund, who is um, who works for the Ben REA. Uh, Troy, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, Nathan. Appreciate it. Excellent. All right. So um, obviously, the REA is a little different than other organizations and other businesses. Could you kind of tell us about what makes the REA different um, from a business model standpoint? Um, and then maybe we'll yeah. talk about how COVID affects it. Absolutely. So definitely Benton REA, it, we're an electric cooperative. And so we're a pretty unique business structure, but one that's been around for hundred years and really been instrumental to our country. Electricity in the early 1900s was mostly only available in really big cities, densely populated areas. And so they needed to get it to the more rural areas, kind of broaden the quality of life. So they have this business model called a cooperative where people come together for the greater good of the community. And so that's at an essence what the cooperative is. And so there's other cooperatives we hear about out there like dairy cooperatives like Dairy Gold, but ours, we're solely focused on distributing electricity to our members. And because our members are also our owners, it makes us a little bit uniquely uh, a position to make sure we're focused on the customers and not, we don't have to worry about profits because we're nonprofit. And so I think that's helped us a little bit. And I know we're going to talk about COVID, but that's helped us adjust to this because our only mission is to provide service to our members, whether that's electricity or telecommunications, we're going to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, uh, speaking of that, um, obviously there are a lot of benefits to being nonprofits, uh, a nonprofit in a cooperative. Uh, what have been the challenges kind of specific to the REA in these COVID times? You know, I, one of the biggest challenges is that we had to adjust on the fly immediately, like a lot of other businesses. But uh, so we're an essential service with electricity and telecommunications, but mostly electricity. And so we couldn't have any interruption in our service. So we had to send people home to work from home and start doing different shifts with work and creating zones so people reported to different areas. And all that on the fly without zero, with zero interruptions to our service. That was a challenge and it was learning on the fly. Fortunately, we had done a lot of preparation for emergency situations. So we had a lot of the things in place like extra tele you know, um, computer equipment. So when people could start working from home, they did that. Um, I think another thing is just, we serve a lot of rural areas. And so uh, that makes just in, in naturally makes our job more challenging than maybe some that's more densely populated and stuff. But at the same time with people working from home, they're not traveling as much. And as long as they have good quality broadband internet service, um, that was fine, but not everybody has that throughout the Yakima Valley and Benton County and stuff like that. And so that has been another challenge that we've had to deal with as people are working remotely. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know about how much of your workforce has been able to shift online and who's had to stay? Obviously, it's hard to uh, work on power lines online. So, uh, yeah. you know, some people have to be in person, but uh, yeah. And so it's been a moving target, Nathan. We've, uh, we started out by basically having one crew come to the office, um, 
for one week and then two crews were staying at home. And so we did this thing where it was like you were at home for two weeks and we had a, a crew here. So that way uh, we always had a crew here doing some work and mainly making sure the power was on. And then as things have adjusted, we've brought all three crews back um, and just had them report to different areas. A lot, I would say a majority of our office type staff, engineers, uh, billing personnel, accounting, member services like in my area, most of those people started working from home, a majority of them. Um, and then about half of them have come back into the office after we made adjustments like partitions and different zoning areas. You know, we have the typical masking requirements when they're required and things. And so it's been a moving target. We're adjusting as the requirements and the knowledge as we learn more about it. But uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of adjustments still to come. So, mm -hmm. yes, definitely. Um, how do you think this will really impact the future of the REA if you think it will? And I, obviously the uh, REA, for those of you who aren't familiar, there's a lot of, um, there, there's been a tax, tax bill um, and an issue with that as far as getting federal funding. Um, so um, the, the REA is in, in difficult stance right now. And how has this, this kind of changed that? And how do you think it will continue to change it? <laughs> You know, for the most part, uh, it hasn't impacted us that negatively, mainly because as essential service, uh, you know, people are still needing the electricity. And most people have been still paying their bill. And so we haven't needed the federal assistance that maybe some other businesses and others have. Um, I'm the president of a local chamber. Uh, my wife owns and operates a local business. And so I have both personal experience separately from my work here and and I work with a lot of other businesses that have were shut down for several months and it had been devastating to them so we've been fortunate not to be impacted that way I think the economy we don't know what it's going to do long term and so I think all of us are worried about that even including from Benton REA about our members and their long-term future um, I, I do think on the positive side um, we, we've identified some efficiency improvements by utilizing this technology for virtual meetings or virtual learnings and stuff like that. So there's, look, I'm a person to person guy. That's, that's what I do for a job. And so I love meeting people and shaking hands and there's nothing like interaction on face to face to build that relationship. But in lieu of that, sometimes we can do these other things things that make us more efficient. So we're going to try to take a little bit of the best of both worlds and incorporate that ongoing. Um, but boy, uh, it, I, I'm along with a lot of people nervous about our future and what this means long term. Um, I'm, I'm an optimistic person by nature. So I'm going to stay optimistic and say these are challenges that we'll be able to overcome because we got bright people like Nathan coming up that are going to solve the problems for us. But uh, but so we'll see, you know, it's the script is yet to be finished. So we'll see how that all works out. Mm -hmm. uh, and you and you kind of mentioned that uh, some people have been um, missing out on payments. And obviously, that's been a pretty big issue uh, for landlords. And there was the rent moratorium. Yeah. Uh, could you elaborate more on that for as far as the, uh, you know, electricity, keeping the lights on, how how that's working? And if 
Sure. Yeah. So there, a couple of things. One is because we're member owned, we're member focused. We actually uh, stopped disconnecting and stopped charging late fees. We made that decision before there was any proclamation to do anything like that, just because we knew, look, we got to do the right thing by our members and we'll figure this out. Um, there is currently a proclamation from the governor that uh, doesn't allow utilities to disconnect members for non-payment or charge late fees. Um, that's, I think, scheduled to end October 15th. But similar to, so look, we're going to do the right thing. And so whether that expires on the 8th, 15th of October or not, we're going to be working with our members. We already have provisions in place. So if you can't pay, there's other programs. We just literally launch, are launching a new bill assistance program where we're collecting money to help members. We've applied for grants to donate money to food banks. Um, so we're proactively doing stuff. We'll probably work with members to extend payment arrangements for significantly longer than we normally do. For those that are really dramatically impacted negatively that lost incomes and stuff, we're going to work with them. We're going to do what we need to do. Um, hopefully, you know, there's a lot of, we'll just work with them. I guess that's the best way to say it. We're, we're going to be proactively reaching out and work with them, working with mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Excellent. And, uh, this is, this is more of a personal question, but obviously you sure. said you're a people person. Uh, how have you been adjusting to the uh, pandemic? <laughs> what, is, what has been keeping you busy as a boy? Oh, man, you hit, hit in my heartstrings there, boy. So my wife, the only person that's a bigger per people person than me is my wife. She's a hairdresser and just it makes me, I thought I was a people person until I started dating <laughs> her. But anyway, it has been a really, really difficult for us uh, because we just love to visit people, even if it's just going meeting with people and helping them out. I mean, that's just what we enjoy to do. And it is difficult coming to work and I still come to the office, but there's almost nobody here. Um, and then I go home and it's just her and I and our immediately family. And so, you know, we do a lot of zoom meetings uh, and stuff like that, or to, you know, connect with people over Facebook or, you know, different ways, but it is challenging. It is something that for us people, people that it's a hard thing to adjust to. And so uh, I, I don't know, you know, I really miss meeting with members. I miss going to chamber meetings and having those classes with our membership. Uh, so I'll be very, very happy when we, you know, get this thing under to a point that we can start doing that. So, yeah. Have you, have you picked up any new hobbies or uh, any, any new quarantine skills or? <laughs> you know, I wish I could say it. So I, I'm right in the middle. I bought a 19, we bought a 1975 house that hadn't had any updates. So I've been doing everything. We've been doing everything ourselves, going through room by room from electrical to tile work to wall work. So I've, all my spare time has been spent on doing that. We don't really go, go out to eat that much anymore and stuff like that that we like to do. Um, so, but I'm a big exercise guy too. And so I used to back in my sport time, one of my hobbies was MMA. And so I did a lot of that. So I can't get together and, and do that training, but I have a bag at home and I try to stay fit by doing stuff like that. My neighbors probably think I'm crazy because I live on a golf course and they see a bag out back and me punching on it. And they're like, Oh, this guy's different. No, but, <laughs> but yeah. But I've had, I've, you know, I'm adjusting. Uh, I picked up more. I'm not a big TV guy, but I sure start watching Netflix a lot more now and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, yeah. yeah. 
Absolutely. All right. Thanks so much, Troy. I think that's, that's all the time we have. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks, Nathan. I appreciate your time.